Cube Radio. You are listening to the Car Guide Podcast with Louis-Philippe Dubé and Gabriel Gélina. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Car Guide Podcast. I am LP, your host, and my co-host is here with me, Gabriel Gélina. Gabriel, how are you? Good yourself? Very good, very good. Um, quite a bit has happened in the automotive industry since we last spoke, uh, namely... One of the meccas of the automotive world in North America, uh, at least, mm. uh, the uh, North American International Auto Show in Detroit. <clears throat> That has happened, oh, just finished uh, last week, last Sunday. And uh, we were, I was at the, uh, the, the press day and we noticed something very, very different from the past year. Uh, past years, uh, because the Detroit Auto Show uh, what is happening for the first time after three years. Uh, three uh, three year hiatus. Um, and uh, what have you heard about it, Gabriel? Well, essentially, there was a dead zone. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Couldn't have said you know, better. It's, a, you know, they call it the North American International Auto Show. There's nothing international about it anymore. It's strictly a showcase for the domestic car makers. Um, I think there were only five reveals. The big news, of course, was the Mustang. Right. And that even took place at another event, you know, outside yes. of the of the show. And we couldn't so, see the Mustang on the press day on the show floor, right? But we saw go. it from afar yeah. at the unveiling, yeah. right in the shade of the GM Renaissance yeah. Center, which <laughs> <Yeah>. was kind <laughs> of kind of, of a special thing. You had right. to look back and see at the GM logo. You know, you gotta say it's kind of sad because I remember when I first started going to Detroit in the early '90s, the press days were four straight days of. You know, one reveal after another. Reveal after. madness. Exactly. Yeah. So we would go there on, you know, it started, it started on a Sunday. And Sunday, it was all the concept cars that were usually shown. And then on Monday, you had a whole raft of new models. And on Tuesday again. And on Wednesday, it was maybe a bit of a lighter day, maybe a half a day, but still. So we were there for four days of press previews. And right. we were going on like every 20 minutes or every half hour. It was just crazy. And the money that was being spent uh, by the car manufacturers, not only the domestic manufacturers, but all the other brands. You know, it was really um, uh, one of the, the, the key auto shows in the world, mm -hmm. you know, with Frankfurt and Geneva and maybe even Tokyo. Yeah. Now, it's not, it's, 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 you know, it's, It's uncomparable. Yeah, it, it, it's like it has shrunk into oblivion, yeah. you know, so to speak. And in a way, um, I think that's also, but it's a trend, you know, that we've seen uh, for, for, for many, many years. You yes. Know, the, the auto shows are being uh, becoming smaller and smaller. Less and less previews are happening at auto shows. A lot of manufacturers, mostly premium brands, have decided not to attend auto shows anymore. Right. Um, so... So uh, it, it's, it's, you know, I think auto shows in the future are really going to go back to what they were, which was simply a showcase at a regional level, yeah. you know, for, for local car buyers, but for Organized us, by dealership groups. E exactly. Yes. Things like that. And not so much, you know, supported by the big manufacturers, the OEMs and, and, and you know, with huge events uh, just for the press. Right. You know, that's, those days are gone. But what, it, what the, uh, the manufacturers are losing and gaining in going towards that direction, meaning well, not spending the big budgets, but yeah, also exactly. 
Consumer, but, yeah. You, you know, for if you're a luxury brand, you know, where's your money better spent? You know, are you going to spend millions of dollars to build a booth, to, to rent some space, to, to put some cars in there, staff it with people to answer questions and things like that? Or do you do smaller scale events for just for your customers, yes. your existing customers or your prospects and things like that? And you do more of them on mm-hmm. a local basis. So right. that's really where they're moving. And, and as far as the new car reveals, they're doing it on the Internet. Right. And so you, you create a stage somewhere and, you know, you don't even have to, if you're a German car maker, you don't even have to leave the shop. <laughs> you, do, <laughs> you do it in Munich, you do it in Stuttgart, you do it wherever. Right. And you introduce the new car on the web and you have all the executives there and people can phone in questions and things like that. So in many ways, it's easier for a manufacturer to, you know, to, 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 have the, the spotlight just featured on them if they do their own specific event just for their people or for yes. their web reveal, as opposed to being just one of the brands that is releasing or launching a new car with all the other new cars that are on the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, what happens to the, you know, I know in Montreal, we have a pretty sizable, yeah. relatively sizable uh, uh, in attendance uh, auto show in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a cultural thing. I remember yeah, yeah. going as a child with my father and looking at all the cars. It's, I've, Same it's, here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's it's the, the, the new car smell, yeah, yeah, yeah. heaven, you yeah. know, and you get into all the cars and having. So if, if they're going into the, the, the direction where, um uh big uh, dealership uh companies or big big uh, uh dealership groups uh organize auto shows they're still going to be the mainstream vehicles we're taking out the dream cars like you said because of the the ferraris and lamborghinis and and, well, and m- maybe they're there because you know the the show organizers are not going to charge them a penny for their real estate you right. know, at 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 in, in at the venue right. or uh, you know uh, such a, a low rate because Obviously, these cars are also the draw. You yes, know, you, you have to bring to some the auto show. You, you want to go see a Ferrari. You want to go see a Lamborghini, a Rolls Royce, whatever. Right. So maybe you know those dealerships will get not so much a free ride, but a sweetheart deal to 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 be there. Right. And like you said, you know the other brands are going to be the mainstream brands, and perhaps sometimes also a new player. You know, if if you're a new player, I'm thinking like, for example, a company like Vinfast. Yes. You know, it's a brand new player. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows what the cars <laughs> look like mm-hmm. and things <laughs> like that. So maybe for them to get a lot of recognition quickly and to get a lot of people to actually open the doors and get into the car gotcha. and look at it, you know, for them, it makes it would make sense. And they can take literally take over a yeah. show because yeah. there's nobody, well, not nobody else, but it's going to be, the competition isn't there anymore. Yeah, exactly. So there's going to be more of a... Uh, it, it would make sense for a brand like that. It makes sense also for a mainstream brand to be there. Yeah. But for the premium brands, you know, the luxury brands, the BMWs of the world, the Audis of the world, Mercedes-Benz, mm-hmm. probably it doesn't make sense anymore. Do you um, think this trend is going to be the same across the world? Oh, like yeah. A, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Definitely. Because, you know, Geneva, you know, Geneva for many years, it was the auto show. You know, we would all go to Geneva in March and see... Uh, you know, Ferrari, that's where they, they did their launches. McLaren, Koenigsegg, Brabus, you know, all the high-end exotic brands, they always had right. something in Geneva. And so, and for also for the European 
um, car industry, Geneva was sort of like a neutral ground. You know, it's not in Germany, it's not in Italy. It's <laughs> Switzerland not in is neutral, politically <laughs> exactly. speaking, so, it is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you would see, you know, all these brands and even some French brands showing up and, and, and showing stuff. So it was very much the, the highlight. But now, because of the pandemic, of course, it was canceled. And now they're tried to put it back on and they failed they, they can't do it now they're going to move the show to you know the uh, United Arab Emirates yes. and they're still going to call it the Geneva Auto Show it's I, crazy of course yeah, yeah. but you know it's on another ground exactly so it's going to be um, uh, I think you know auto shows obviously China will always have an auto show whether it's Beijing or Shanghai or both yes uh, because it's such a huge market but all the other ones again they're going to become more like regional events we saw it in New York mm -hmm. we saw it in uh, Los Angeles and we just saw it in Detroit, in Detroit yes you know, so that just confirms that trend one thing yeah. that happened in Detroit was something that I, I hadn't experienced yet uh, um Secret Service, yeah, yeah, yeah. everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Joe Biden, lines, Joe Biden, <laughs> lines, lines of wait for security and Secret Service. It's not the security at the airport. It's not no, security. No. <laughs> they don't, they don't mess around to not use uh, a word. And and uh, it's you know going through phones and going through yeah, yeah. credit cards and going through you know everything just randomly doing you know quick searches because they they have to kind of um, kind of throw everybody off a little bit because it's their job, right? Yeah. That uh, I had. That that same uh, situation back when Bill Clinton was president. That, I was going to ask you that. He came because to the Detroit Auto Show Cobo Hall. Yeah. Now, you remember, I don't know if you were there, at the, in the old days at Cobo Hall, the, the press room was just like huge. No. And no, that year... There. They cut it down to half the size. Really? Because the other half was for the Secret Service <laughs> for their base. Well, the pandemic did that for, <laughs> for this press room. I'm, I can tell you that much. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, you're right. You know, because you know, obviously, even the president of the United States comes to town and yes. wants to kick some tires and get into some cars and stuff like that, and get a feel for the industry and also make a speech. Yeah, you know, obviously, there's going to be all that, that that security and and probably you know what the fact that Joe Biden went there means that you know there was some coverage on a national level, right? Of uh, of the event because Which otherwise, otherwise yes. wouldn't, have, wouldn't have happened at all. Yeah, you know. So and probably people were were like, "What? There's an auto show in Detroit in September?" You know, people. Were, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this thing like is still alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, so, yeah, Joe so Biden was go. there. Yeah, to, yeah. To, to, uh, to forgot to mention why uh, to make some announcements. Of course, yes. for electric infrastructure. Yeah, charging five hundred thousand chargers announced uh, throughout uh, America, which is uh, a nine hundred thousand um, uh, dollar uh, investment, uh, and that was pretty much it. After that, we could go back inside the show and do whatever we were yeah. doing after the announcement. And I'm sure he got inside a Corvette or something while he was there. <laughs> he, he did. We saw actually because we were booted out of the of the press room yeah. and booted out of all the the yeah. the main show floor. But a few influencers had access uh -huh. to the uh, to the the president because obviously the president wants to kind of renew his uh, you know uh, his audience reach. his yeah. reach yeah. with yeah. younger people. So yeah. we saw some some influencer stories after that with uh, featuring Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, that's it for the, the Detroit yep. Auto Show. I mean, you know, what can we say? Maybe it's going to be around next year yeah, and maybe not. See you next year, maybe <laughs> in parentheses. <laughs> next stop today is uh, the, the new uh, Mercedes-AMG C63 S 
E performance. It used to be C63 only, but now it's adding letters in true Mercedes-Benz fashion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's quite a mouthful uh, for, the, for this name. And obviously the big story is that, you know, the, this car, I mean, the C63, it was always about the V8. You know, it was right. always about that big V8 power, Yes, uh, 6.2 liter, normally aspirated. That's where it got its 63 moniker. Mm -hmm. And then later on, you know, lately it was a, a four liter twin turbo V8, but right. still a V8, still an eight cylinder car. Yes. But now <clears throat> with the new C-Class, you know, this new C-Class wasn't designed to house a V8. So they, it was strictly going to be four cylinder engine only. Mm -hmm. And what they've done is something quite remarkable. You know, they've they, they've packaged. Obviously, first of all, you know that in, that four cylinder turbocharged engine from AMG is just in itself yes. uh, a powerhouse. It's a four hundred and sixty nine horsepower, which yeah. is the most powerful two liter turbocharged engine on the face uh, of the earth. Exactly. So to get that much power out of such a small displacement, yeah, right away, you a know, production is, engine is a, is a huge uh, huge feat, and then. You add in, you know, F1 technology, essentially. Uh, you add in, in this case, a turbocharger that's driven electrically. Yes. And also this new battery with uh, a, a, an electric motor driving the rear wheels right. with a two-speed transmission on that electric Which is, motor. I don't think exists anywhere else. Well, yeah, it does. Taycan has a two-speed transmission. All right, okay. And, yeah, e-tron GT, Audi okay. as well. Okay, but. So in a way, so you get you get this this two speed auto uh, uh, transmission on 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 this rear electric motor. You also have this battery that they developed. Um, they actually they developed. I had the occasion to drive this kind of uh, powertrain setup right. with the uh, Mercedes AMG GTS E Performance. Uh, <laughs> so this is the Mercedes AMG, uh, AMG GT is a larger four door car. Right. But it had this same same battery. So we're talking here a battery that has 560 cells and its own cooling system. Very intricate. Now, when we're talking about cells, you know they're 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 cylindrical in, in size, and the cooling system is sort of like an S weave that goes through each one of the uh, of the batteries. It's 560 cells exactly. and goes through each around and uh, and through each one of them. Yeah, just around around the the, the cylinders of the battery. Okay. That, that's where the, the coolant goes. And you know, when we met the um, the uh, AMG engineers, they said, "Yes, we're building, you know, essentially what is a, a PHEV, you know, a hybrid, but we're building a performance hybrid." Yes. So the idea here is they're not trying to you know, maximize range or to lower fuel consumption. They're they're about power, <laughs> you <Right>. know, <laughs> and they're about instant release of power. Yeah, and so these cells charge up m uh, incredibly quickly under braking, and then they discharge just as fast right. under acceleration. And they told us, you know, the they figured out that the optimum range for the for the temperature for the cell, the, where the cells are happiest, mm -hmm. is twenty five degrees C. Okay. okay, so that's 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 that, that's, <laughs> that's a key how, figure here. Exactly, we're for. a key figure 
But it's not for maximum range. No, it's like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That this I is mean, the point. <laughs> exactly. The, the car will do like something like something Thir absurd, like 13 kilometers exactly. on, yeah. on, on electric power, which is which is the engineers told me that it's to get back home quietly exactly. without waking up the neighbors <laughs> and coming out quietly without waking up the neighbors. And yeah. that's as much as, as far you're going to get. Exactly. But the rest of the, you know, this is a, uh, this, this, the, the the total output you know of this system is 650 50 horsepower yeah, yeah. and you've got 752 pounds feet of torque right it's huge it is you know so you get you, you'll be able to go zero 100 in like three and a half seconds exactly you know, yeah, 3.4 seconds so, it's it's the the output 651 with overboost yeah. And then, but the overboost is a 10 second overboost and then uh, around 560 horsepower when it's not. But apparently you can run this overboost over and over again yeah. because it's so, the battery technology you're talking about is exactly. so, so evolved. So the overboost, that comes courtesy just, a, just like that. That's the battery discharging in like 10 seconds. Yeah. And then when you brake, it, 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 you know, it charges right back up again. Right. So it's quite, it, in a way, it's the, it's the exact same, um, uh, function, uh, it functions the same way as the hybrid system in a Formula One car. Yeah. So basically, you know, when we when we went out and drove on the racetrack with the AMG GT uh, 63SE Performance, quite a mouthful <laughs> again. Yes. You know, the first lap we did, we took it slowly, and we we're just like charging the battery, and then when we started to know what the corners were like, because it's a brand new track for us. You know, then we started going fast for like two laps and then we did a cool down lap. And in the cool down, we're able to recharge the battery right up to like 75% of its capacity. Right. Over the course of a lap that's like four and a half kilometers long. Jeez. So that's how quick the discharge and the recharge is happening with this battery. And that's Formula for, One technology for yeah, you. And it's, it's it, that they were able to, to put that in a road car. You know, it's obviously it, it makes a car much heavier because you're dragging this this battery it's it's not very light yes and the and the the the, uh, the c63 se performance is also it has a mechanical link between the front and the rear yes. so it brings it brings along a lot of hardware to be able to 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 deliver the driving uh, experience yeah. that it wants so you know the car is really really quick again in a straight line um, but again you know you have to contend with all that weight through right. uh, through the corners but still you know, it's going to be a rocket anyways, this, mm -hmm. this car. Um, and, you know, the key thing is that for a lot of these customers, a lot of people who've, who've had a C63, it was, again, all about the V8. Right. And now, <laughs> you know, they're downgraded, so to speak, to a four-cylinder. But right. but the four-cylinder car is actually faster. You know, it's more powerful and faster. Uh, yeah, than it's, the, it's the smarter, it's car. faster, yeah. it's more efficient. But one, yeah. one, one thing that my, you know... The, but the, the key thing we have to understand also is why is Mercedes-Benz doing this? Why is Mercedes-AMG doing this? It's right. because, of, obviously... The, the legislation in Europe, you know, they're all the, the regs uh, for emissions mm. and for uh, CO2 emission, things like that. It's all geared towards electric. It's all geared towards uh, hybrids, especially plug-in hybrid vehicles. So that's why they, ha they have no choice. Yeah. They have no choice but to move in that direction. And that means that, yeah, we drop the V8 and we put a four-cylinder and we add the electric turbo and we add the electric mm -hmm. motor and Give battery. Give a whole lot of power, nevertheless. That's it. But yeah. we, we they figured it out. They figured out how to make the car four-cylinder car <laughs> faster than a V8. <laughs> One thing that uh, my readers were asking about this vehicle is 
what's and I was asking myself about the vehicle when I was uh, interviewing uh, uh, the, um, the chief technical officer at um, Mercedes AMG, which is uh, Johan Herman. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound. Yeah. Because a lot of people could have done, you know, in the past could have done with uh, the power of a C6, uh, C- C43, yeah. but went up to the C63 to be able to get that V8 growl, that V8 yeah. sound. A very and emotional. Very emotional. Sound. And, and exactly. that's, that's the, the word that, that, uh, uh, um, uh, Mr. Herman actually used. Um, and it's, when I asked him the question, what do you, go, you know, what do you tell these readers? What, what, what should I tell them to reassure them that they're going to get? And he said, well, you know what? We're besides the fact that they they're going to have a pre, the vehicle is going to have a pressure sensor in the exhaust and kind of uh, um, through speakers doing an uh, a simulated sound, which is you know you don't like to hear that. But he says beyond the fact that that's going to happen, the sound is not going to be a simulated V8 sound. It's going to vehicle has its own sound, and the the driver and the the the, the public is going to have to adapt that. Now this is the new sound of high performance vehicle, and it's an experience as a whole, which is you know with the engine and and you know the the quick power and everything. So I think we could say goodbye. That that means say goodbye yeah. to the V8 AMG V8 Growl with this particular vehicle, but still you're going to have a, a, a we're, we can't wait to hear it. Hopefully mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like like. A, you know, some of the electric vehicle simulated sounds that we've heard. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, yeah. because, you know, f- first of all, it's a, it's an internal combustion engine to begin with, you know, so, uh, yeah. so, but also, you know, AMG's, the four-cylinder AMG uh, turbo engine, to me, you know, sounded quite nice. Obviously, not the same kind of rhythm as, uh, as a V8. Right. But nevertheless, uh, you know, uh, so two things here. If you already own a C63S with a V8, you might want to keep it <laughs> yeah. and hang on to it. <laughs> That's an understatement. But, uh, but uh, you know, this this new tech is uh, is really cutting edge. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the car does in the market. I think it's going to do real well. Yep, me too. So I had the opportunity to try... Uh, the Porsche Taycan GTS uh, last week, and it wasn't in the conditions, the ideal conditions that you want to drive <laughs> a GTS badged vehicle, especially a Porsche. But um, it was still, it was still interesting. A, there was a lot that came out of it. So, what uh, did you do specifically with the car? I drove from Quebec City yes. to uh, Oshawa. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay, <laughs> was just 750 kilometers kilometers of I, wa- I won't a say blissful highway <laughs> driving. <laughs> That's right. You know, you just <laughs> described it the way I should. Isn't the, isn't the 401 great? Uh, I mean, yeah, you know. it is. There's a lot of talking going on and there's a lot of phone calls. Yeah. However, uh, you know, the, during the accelerations <laughs> and, and driving, the overall in-car experience was, I, I learned a lot about the vehicle, yeah. but especially about the charging speed yeah, because of the Taycan. That's the thing, because you had to charge at least once, maybe twice. Yes, to get twice. There. Twice, actually. Yes, yeah, yes, right. yes. Obviously. So it was, it chose only uh, um, uh, level three uh, chargers, which was uh, Electrify Canada's 350 kilowatt chargers because the Taycan's platform enables obviously, uh, a yeah, eight, whole lot of fast yeah, charging. Eight, yeah, 800 volt architecture, so you can you can juice it up real R- quick. Yeah. Right. So yeah. one once in, uh, I think it was like in uh, Three Rivers and once in, in, if I remember right, it was Kingston or Cornwall, I don't remember, but it, it exactly 
how fast this vehicle charges for yeah. a long time. It mm. was about, I think we hit 270 kilowatt. Uh, of from, charging? Of charging. At, wow. From 10% to 50%, which is, which is something I haven't seen in any electric car I've driven yeah. thus far. Not even a Tesla Model S because yeah. it's, it's 250 for the first 10 or 20%, if I remember right, and then it goes down. But the Taycan GTS was able to take, it was ideal, it was ideal conditions. It mm-hmm. was 17 degrees, nice and sunny. That's it. You know, probably a, a very, very good pre-charging strategy that we, a uh, pre-conditioning strategy that we took yeah, when yeah. you put in the, uh, the sport mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. We, we, you, you yeah. put it, you put in the, uh, the also the destination, the, the, the destination and then yeah. the pre-conditions. It knows it's going to be charged soon. So yes, yeah, yeah. but on that dial, I saw you know like over like, uh, uh, around two hundred and seventy kilowatt, which mm-hmm. is which is completely insane. And at the end, I plugged it in and it, in Oshawa at a hundred and fifty kilowatt charger, mm-hmm. and uh, it gave me one hundred and seventy, mm-hmm. which is because of the eight hundred volt architecture. It just opened up and said, "Well, if the charger can give a little bit more charging performance, it will." And I, that's the first time I see, yeah. You know, a limit, a limited charger that can go over. Yeah. The, the key thing here is that, you know, when you're charging at that kind of rate, 275, which is what you saw, the number you saw. Uh, 270, sorry. 270. Yeah. That's the equivalent. You know, current is going into that battery at the same rate as when it's being dispensed when the car is being driven at 200 kilometers an hour. You know, that's, that's, that's so sick. Yeah. That's, so impressive. <laughs> that's amazing. But. The, the key thing to me with this is that, you know, the, the problem is not the car. The problem is the charging infrastructure because those types of chargers, there are very few and far between. And as far as I'm concerned, Electrify Canada, it's a bit of a bad joke right now because, you know, they promised so many chargers and they're, they're still, you know, under construction and this and that and the other thing. And half the time, you know, they don't work. And so, you know, it's a bit... You, know, you were lucky in that you found one that was working and it was, you were able to, to, to get it done. But we ran into a few malfunctioning ones. Yeah, there you go. And, so, uh, yeah. and, and that's where Tesla has an edge. You know, the Tesla superchargers are everywhere, you know, and they. they and mostly and they reliable. Run. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Electrify Canada, yeah, you know, maybe. <laughs> you know, but, but for now, um, you know, even the ones they, they, the high speed chargers that they've installed at Porsche dealers. I know I've tried one at the Porsche dealer near my house, and it never works. You know, the the three hundred fifty k one. You know, it's always broken. It's, it doesn't deliver. And yeah. So, <clears throat> and I heard some of them, and, and not only Electrify Canada, but some chargers are scaled back yeah. some, sometimes because they they have the problems. They still want it to run, but. You know, they'll kind of still deliver some power, but not not all. So that's the thing. You know, it's it's nice the car is able to do it, but we need the charging infrastructure that works and that can deliver that kind of current. Yes. And with enough locations to make it meaningful. Yeah, yes. That's a problem. Yeah. But the car itself is fantastic. I had the opportunity of driving it, uh, the sedan, uh, Taycan uh, GTS sedan at Willow Springs, the, the racetrack in California. Right. Uh, so which was more entertaining, I assume, than the 401, my <laughs> yeah. 401 <laughs> Yeah, but so, you know, it's fast, definitely fast. But again, as with all electric cars, you know, big, heavy car. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we, we drove it around Willow Springs. You could have gone much faster around the racetrack in the 911 GT3, which is lighter and less powerful. But um, but it, the, the, in your opinion, does it encompass everything a Porsche is in that? Well, time? you know, it's 
Minus a few things. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just the weight, you know. They, they, it's the even, weight. Even yeah. though they say, you know, if we batteries down low in the floor and this and that, low center of gravity, mass is mass. Okay, mm-hmm. when you're weighing twenty three hundred kilos, you know, or plus, that's a lot of weight, and you feel it through the corners. And the reason why, you know, the, these cars have uh, the Taycan has such big tires is because of the weight of the car. You know, if you yeah. want to make it stop and turn, you've got these huge. Uh, tires mounted on these huge rims, mm-hmm. and that's unsprung weight. Exactly. Yeah. And so when you're loaded into a corner and you hit a bump, you know the car tends to skip sideways a little bit because of the a lot of unsprung weight, mm-hmm. and and just because of the overall mass of, of the vehicle. But you know, again, who's going to drive a Taycan on a racetrack? You know, yeah, it's, 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 not not that many people. And I drove also the Taycan GTS Sport Turismo, which is just you know a gorgeous car to look at. Yeah, you know, an, an everyday capable, oh yeah, family capable vehicle. And we drove that on Angeles uh, Crest Highway, which is a most fabulous road uh, just north of LA. Um, it starts in Pasadena, and you yes. wind up uh, over on the other side of the valley, mm-hmm. and it's just an absolute fabulous road. And the car was really there; was really in its element, you know. Right. Uh, you still, again, it was fa- it was um, heavy, so you threw the corners. It's very uh, tight corners too yeah, on Angeles yeah, Crest. Yeah, a bit cumbersome, but man, the effortless speed, you know, mm-hmm. just you just press the button and boom, you know, yes. it's the Scotty beam me up kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it does make the, you can dial in the GTS sound yeah, that on too. the vehicle that they did. And and this one sounds kind of uh, yeah. funny a little bit. And with the with the GTS, uh, the, the way that they've calibrated the sound on the GTS, you can actually hear more clearly the shift to the second gear, which on the rear uh, transmission on the electric motor, on the yeah. rear electric motor. And that occurs around 130 kilometers an hour. And you can actually, sh- you can feel and hear the shift better in the Taycan GTS than the other models, which is kind of strange. It's kind of neat. It gives you some feedback yeah, because exactly. that's one of the things I could, uh, limited in the in the mm-hmm. driving experience I could have on the 401. However, the the feedback from the accelerator pedal, uh-huh. which is compared to other electric vehicles, we'll, we'll put them on this, in the same bucket, mainstream yeah. or not. It's kind of a switch, you know, yeah, it goes yeah. on and off and that's it. You know, you get instant power. They all give instant power. But this one was modulating the throttle was 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 uh, was marvelous mm. and and I, I told myself I said well because people might drive it on the track it's easier to modulate the the, the throttle when it gives that kind of response instead of of you know just an on off yeah switch. i think they you know when they when they did the Taycan, they really wanted to to make the car feel as if it were you know the same kind of driving experience as a internal combustion engine car right. you know, a gasoline powered car right. that's why the Taycan doesn't have one pedal driving you know it doesn't have yeah, it a, doesn't it doesn't so, have uh, the, the the type of regen technology exactly. that we'll see in, in other so, cars so if you they don't going, believe in it actually no, that's in it. Porsche, they, they, they don't believe want, in it you want to slow down hit the brakes yeah. just like a regular <laughs> car you know and the car can coast yes. easily yeah, so there's that yeah. too but you know they're trying to make the car feel as natural if we can call it that <laughs> right. you know, or as comparable to a, to a gasoline-powered car as possible so that you have the same kind of uh, responses, the same kind of uh, feelings. And, and, and that's true of the throttle, and it's certainly th- uh, true of the brakes.
works as well. Right. So uh, yeah, in that it, it it drives very much, very much like a, like a regular car, even though it's powered by electrons and not dead dinosaur juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that reference. It's so good. Um, you drove uh, a more well more mainstream, a quote unquote vehicle, but still in the luxury segment. Uh, we don't we we still see them. They're very reliable, uh, although they know they don't actually uh, compete as much as they would want with the the German brands, the Lexus, the all new Lexus RX, yeah. who. Um Got a few modifications uh, for for the, the this uh, this generation. Yeah, exactly. So it's a um, you know it's a brand new uh, pl- uh, brand new generation. Yeah. Uh, for this uh, brand new architecture for the vehicle. Mm-hmm. So it's the uh, a version of the TNGA uh, Toyota New Global Architecture. Um, so this is the same kind of uh, architecture that underpins the uh, Toyota Rav Four, Lexus mm-hmm. NX. Yeah. So that's the like hybrid ready and exactly. And all that. <clears throat> so um, so they they they've built this new vehicle on that architecture design wise. It looks pretty much like the old one, right. except you know of course they made some difference. And the the front grille is, is is much different. The front end of the car looks looks different. It looks a little bit less predator ish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's uh, more blended in. The, yeah, the, but the apart the from that, you know, the the car drives very much like uh, it used to. You know, yes. so obviously, this is a car that they're really focusing on comfort right. and quietness on you know so it won't scare off the accountants exactly uh, of, uh, <laughs> that but, compose the, the Lexus uh. but you know you, yeah you're right about the the the, the hybrid the hybrid power tra- obviously there's there's the gas powered you know the regular RX350 that's yep. strictly a gasoline engine but that's not their big seller their big seller of course is the 350 hybrid and then they're going to and they're going to come out with the um, uh, the 500h, right? So yes. this is a more, again, more powerful, a little bit uh, more powerful yeah. uh, RX. But the key one, I think, is going to be interesting is the RX 450h, which is their plug-in hybrid. Yeah, this is, is the new architecture exactly. that, that can bring but along. The other two are, you know, the 350 hybrid and the 500 hybrid are just, you know, classic hybrids, and that yes. you only get you're recharging the battery only by braking mm-hmm. or by coasting, uh, whereas the 450 is going to be a plug-in. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to plug it in, charge up the battery, and do, you know, uh, a maximum, well, you know, maximum, more kilometers, if you will, right. uh, on uh, on electric, uh, electric power alone. But Toyota Canada, or Lexus Canada, I should say, still can't tell us, you know, when that variant is coming. This you is know, the, the, the toughest thing in the auto, in automotive industry exactly. right now. Is so right now, clearly what they're doing is that they're, you know, they're, they're going to build it, obviously, but they're first going to supply markets where there are uh, strong regulations for zero emission vehicles or right. for uh, plug-in hybrids. So those are the first markets that are going to be supplied. So you're thinking already China, you're thinking Europe, Europe things like yep. that. And you know when it's going to come to us? Eh, who knows? You know, maybe <laughs> a year. We, we want it dearly, two, yeah, or two years. But it's going to be a while. Yeah. It's going to be a while before that one uh, comes to us. And um, so for now, you know, you're looking at. Uh, the 350h or the 500h, if you want more power, and uh, but even that, you know, when you're looking at the 500h, yeah, it's quick, 
but uh, you know, there's no, it doesn't handle the way uh, an Audi SUV or a BMW SUV would. Right. Yeah. It's yes. very, it's it's much much you know quieter, more comfortable. It's it's not the most dynamic vehicle, actually, not by a long shot. And uh, you feel it, you know, through the corners. It it doesn't want to be hustled mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. You can well, do it, but it doesn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and it will remind you. It will remind <laughs> you. Like yes, I'll give you some warnings. <laughs> exactly. But the the other key thing that's neat about this this uh, new RX. Of course, is the the interior, yes. Uh, because we have now the new interface. Uh, if you remember, those of you who are familiar with the vehicle, you know you'd had this this sort of like a trackpad, if oh, you will, God. for the interface that you had to slide your finger on this square, so to dangerous, point an arrow, <laughs> and then you had to click, you know, and then obviously you would click on the wrong uh, item, and then you had to go back and. The, it was a nightmare. Lexus it was cl- clinged on to this oh, uh, trackpad for so long. And you know uh, what? It's it's like these people sometimes you, you wonder, you know, a trackpad works great on your computer when mm-hmm. you're sitting down at your desk because you know what? Your desk is not moving, <laughs> you know? But when you're in a car that's going down the highway, going over bumps or whatever or through corners, right. it doesn't work. You know, it, it makes no sense. And again, you know, I come back, I always say this, you know, it's like the difference between German cars and Japanese cars oftentimes is that German engineers drive to work. Japanese engineers take the train to work. (laughs) And that makes all the difference for those kind of things. Yes, the commodities and just just the overall driving experience. That's it. So, you know, at least now, it's a it's a touchscreen. Yes, <laughs> you know, made big uh, progress there. Yeah. <laughs> and and a, uh, on the high end models, a, a really large one at that. You know, yeah, it's it's uh, and, and and the new uh, the new uh, infotainment system yeah, is also exactly. much better than it was before. Yes, so that's a, a very much a marked improvement uh, over the the last uh, the last RX because for me that trackpad was just atrocious. Yeah, I mean you know. You, <laughs> it was just for that, you know. I wouldn't even, never consider, you know, recommending, recommending it, yeah. even though it's reliable, right? Even though it's never going to break, even though this, that, and the other thing, right? But that trackpad was uh, was just awful, and now, now, now it's gone. Now thankfully. it's in the past. Exactly. Thankfully, so, thankfully. Well, but, but, but for the for you know the RX in general, it's sort of like uh, you know, it's it's the same as before. But a little bit better, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, essentially. But basically, you know, they, they same, same, but different. Exactly. So yeah, they haven't changed the formula. It's a winning formula for them. Yeah, they're, uh, they're quite proud of the fact that it's built in Canada. Yeah, in, in Cambridge, right here. That exactly. was going to mention that, which was the um, the very first Lexus plant outside of Japan. Yes, and uh, now they also have a Lexus plant down in the states. Uh, I think Tennessee, but uh, they're quite proud of the fact that the very first Lexus plant that was outside. Of uh, yes, of Japan was uh, was in Canada, in and that's Canada. where the RX is built. Gab, you are heading uh, to uh, England 
Yes. <laughs> right. To drive a, a very special vehicle, yeah. a very special German vehicle. Yeah. Uh, you've driven uh, the past models of this car before, and now you're heading to Silverstone to drive the uh, the last opus of the uh, Porsche 911 GT3 RS. Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> it's great. First of all, you know, going to Silverstone. Silverstone is the home, of course, of the British Formula One Grand Prix. So it's a mythic, mythical place. Right. A very fast track, you know, very the the uh, very sweeping corners lots of high speed corners and things like that so obviously they've chosen that track because they want to showcase the speed but also the aerodynamic performance right. of the new 911 GT3 RS and that's really where it's at uh, because how do you make this car better every time yeah, exactly. every time i read it that's, well, that's coming out that's the thing about Porsche you know it's like every time they come out with a new car you know, uh, a new generation of the model or mm. uh, an update on the existing model. Everything is tweaked. Yes. You know, everything is just like 5% better here, 3% better there. We shaved off three kilograms of the, in the wheels. <laughs> we did this, we did that. It's all these minute little changes. Yes. And then when you put the car together and you drive it, it's a whole new, you know, experience. Now, obviously, we're talking, you know, naturally aspirated uh, engine, so that that glorious, glorious sound, the flat mm. six is yeah. going to be at, at high revs, you know. And, or and like you said, inside that engine, they yeah. just they take off a little bit, they yeah. put in a little bit, and they uh, kind of make it more efficient, lighter. Yeah. Everything they can do goes into that vehicle because they know that the clients will will buy into it, and they'll 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 definitely. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't have massive power. You know, mm -hmm. we're talking a little over five hundred, like five hundred and twenty, mm -hmm. and the torque is not you know, that strong either. Mm -hmm. But if you, especially if you compare it to today's electric cars and, you know, the really fast ones and things like that. Right. Um, but nevertheless, you know, it's a, this is a car that is optimized for track performance. And that is shows up in 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 the in the suspension components and all the the aero tweaks that they're putting on there. I'm really looking forward to this. You know, yeah, to, to driving that car at Silverstone is going to be great because, again, I, I drove the previous generation at the Nurburgring right. uh, Formula One track and it was just one of the greatest days of my life. So I'm looking forward to having a repeat uh, on another uh, famous racetrack with <laughs> the 911 GT3 RS, and we'll tell you all about it probably. And you're going to be able to tell show. us. You're going to be able to, to 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 tell us exactly where yeah. the changes have been made exactly. and how it felt on the track. I, mean, I, I saw I saw the car when they unveiled it at the Monterey Car Week at the, the Quail Motorsports Gathering, and it just you know everybody's jaw dropped to the floor when right. they took the wraps off of that thing with that massive rear wing with the swan neck uh, mounting points and things like that. So. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be great. I think I'm really looking forward to it. But you're also going to drive something special, high performance yes, as well. Yes, something uh, that has an engine that is uh, slowly... Well, we have to drive him now while we still have him, the V10 engine. The car is the, uh, the uh, Lamborghini Huracan Technica. Uh, and it's going to be on the uh, uh, thermal our racetrack in California. Yeah, Palm Springs. Uh, Palm Springs, yeah. and I, I've been there with uh, some very interesting cars, some some, some a little less. This one is going to be very, very special for me because, mm. well, you know, having the occasion to, to, the opportunity to drive a Lamborghini is always, always a good thing. Um, don't know exactly what to expect with this vehicle. Uh, probably, um, uh, you know, like pure Lamborghini sound and, yeah. and, and aggressiveness on the yeah. track. Uh, this vehicle, the Technica is not, uh, uh, as aggressive as aerodynamic. It doesn't have the whole 
STO package, but yeah. it still has the same power, 630 uh, horsepower uh, from from that V10. So looking forward mm. to doing that. Yeah, and you know, you, 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 what you said is right. You know, that V10 engine is still around. But oh. Not for long. Yeah, you got you got to hear it every time. You got to drive it. Yeah. Jump on the opportunity because yeah. otherwise, uh, cylinders are leaving and being replaced by electrons. Yeah, that track is pretty cool. Uh, thermal, uh, the thermal club in Palm Springs it doesn't have much. It doesn't have any elevation changes at all. No, but uh, it's all flat. Unlike Silverstone, exactly. <laughs> well, there's a bit of elevation, but not that much. But anyway, uh, I think you're gonna have a lot of fun yeah. driving that. So. And I also, we'll, we'll uh, you you just came back from South Korea, and yep. at the uh, the next time we speak, we'll uh, hear all about the Ionic Six. Yeah, which exactly. You just drove because over there. Uh, I could tell you all about it now, but I'd be breaking an embargo, and yeah. I don't want to so do that. We'll, we'll do that because we we'll lose our microphones. <laughs> exactly. So I think this is it for today. Uh, Gab, thank you very much for hey, being you're here, welcome, and uh, we'll uh, we'll speak in a couple of weeks when we get back from the uh, the automotive uh, activities that we're going to uh, take part in. All right. Goodbye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Car Guide Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto, as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide.